The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Praise God. So I'm just going to continue from where we left off last week because of time. And we were talking about the power and the benefits of walking in love. Concerning the power of God's love, we said it's supreme. Nothing is above it. It reigns over everything else. There's no force or power that is stronger than the love of God. God is love. That's what the Bible tells us. We see that in 1 John chapter 4, verses 8 and verse 16. Verses 8 and 16. God is love. And nothing is bigger than God. Nothing is greater than God. So if God is love and God is supreme, that means love is supreme. Concerning the benefit of love, we mention the fact that it's failure proof. In Romans 8, 37, Apostle Paul said, Through God that loves us, we are more than conquerors. Um, he went on to list all kinds of challenges we may face in life. Persecution, um, famine, um, angels, things to come, things in the world, things to come. He said, None of these things can separate us from the love of God. We are more than conquerors in all these things. And if we will walk in God's love, the obvious benefit is that we will live failure-proof life. We will never fail. 1 Corinthians 13, 8 says that love never fails. Today, I want to start talking about how to walk in it. How we can walk in this love that we're still talking about. And there's a story I usually recollect when I think about um, things like this, about my aunt that bought a car several years ago. She bought the car quite all right, but she didn't know how to drive. And it took her about six months after she got the car to learn how to drive. In those six months, even though she had a car, she was walking on the streets like any other person that didn't have a car and going around with public transportation, even though she had her own car, because she didn't know how to drive. I think that paints a picture of um, the state of many Christians. They have the love of God or any other benefit that's available to us in Christ Jesus. Um, we looked at 2 Peter chapter 1 last week. It talked about God as giving us this divine nature through which we can escape the corruption that is in this world. But if you don't know how to walk in it, even though you have it, you will not be able to use it as you ought. And that's what we are looking into in this teaching. Um, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. I will start with this text this morning. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Amazing text. Um, prove there talks about experience it, uh, manifest it. Be a witness of it, the, the, the will of God. And notice it's in different stages. And it says when our minds are renewed, that's when we can prove the will of God in our lives. When you think of King David and King Saul in the scriptures, King Saul and his entire army, I don't know whether you had a chance to look at the artwork we used to announce this service today. It was David and that slingshot about to attack Goliath. Hallelujah. So the difference between David and King Saul 
King Saul and his entire army, um, when they faced Goliath on the battlefield, it, it comes down to mind renewal. You read this story in 1 Samuel chapter 17. Um, when David came to the battlefront that day, and bear in mind, he just came to deliver lunch. He wasn't there to fight. He wasn't um, enlisted in the army. He just came to give his brothers lunch. His father sent him to do that. And he got to that battlefront, and um, Goliath was making a mockery of God and the army of Israel. David's response, because his mind had been renewed to his covenant with God, his response was, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that um, is making a mockery of the army of the living God? Unlike King Saul, who for 40 days, the Bible told, told us, he just kept receiving the insult, and every other soldier in his army. Why was the difference? They had the same covenant. They had the same God. It was the same challenge, a national crisis before all of them. But David's response was different um, because his mind was renewed. And I want, you, want us to look at that and use that same principle here. We are talking about love. Believers, we must have our minds renewed to the love of God. This is one of the areas I left off last week, that we are God lovers. Is the new hashtag I'm using to describe our identity this month. We've said we are um, hashtag solutions providers. We are hashtag intercessors. Now we are saying we are hashtag God lovers. And what do we mean by that? God is in love with us. Hallelujah. And we are in love with God. And our minds must be renewed to that. We must know it more than anything else. We must know it because that's what made David to stand out. Um, identity has been a recurring theme in this series of teachings we've been doing in the recent weeks and months. And I want to dwell on that again for a moment this morning. How you see Jesus matters. Matthew 16, we read from verses 20, um, 13 to 20. We've gone over this scripture over and over. Jesus has disciples, who do you say that I am? How, how do you see God? Secondly, how you see yourself and how we see ourselves in the light of Christ also matters. Because this is a simple truth. You are responding to life's questions and you are responding to this COVID-19 global crisis. And it's plural. It's several crises all over the place now. You are responding to it based on how you see yourself. How you see yourself. How well you have used the word of God to renew your mind and the image you have of yourself. And I'll talk about David again. He came to that battlefront with a renewed mind. I have a covenant with God. This uncircumcised Philistine doesn't have any right to be talking to my nation and my God and the armies of my God like this. I will kill him. And he dealt with a national crisis. The same way, if we as believers can see ourselves in the light of God's love for us and walk in that light, the way we will respond to the challenges that face us today will be different. And remember, we are the ones that have the solutions. King Saul had the solution to taking down Goliath. Every soldier in the army of Israel had the solution, but their minds were not renewed to their covenant. I love this scripture, Psalm 36, verse 9. Psalm 36, verse 9. For with you, talking about God, is the fountain of life. And in your light, we see light. When we begin to see God, and when we begin to see Jesus the way he truly is, we will see ourselves the way we truly are in him. And then we can respond to life's challenges in the right way. 
So check out this identity and look at this description of how the Bible describes you. The Bible calls us, Ephesians chapter 5, refers to us as the bride of Christ, the wife of Christ. Look with me at Ephesians 5.30. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And it was referring to Christ and the church. It was a direct quote from Genesis chapter 2, when God brought Eve to Adam. The way Adam responded, Genesis chapter 2 um, from verse 22. And Adam said, this is now bone of my flesh. This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. Referring to Eve, she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Verse 23, therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. Verse 24, and they were both naked and not ashamed. The Bible lets us know that Christ is our husband, we are his wife, and we are his bride. That's our identity. That's who we are. Let, let me go a little deeper with this. If you read that text in Ephesians 5 from verses 22 to verses 33, verse 22 to 33, there are about seven things that the Bible reveals about how Jesus loves us in that text. And I'm just going to list them out. I won't have time to read the text. You can do that by yourself at home. Number one, we see in verse 23, he is our Savior. Not only has he saved us, and will he save us, and will he continue to save us from sin, he will save us from anything and everything we need to be saved from. Whether it's a health challenge, or a financial challenge, or a marital challenge, he is our Savior. That's how he loves us. Number two, he gave himself for us. We see that in verse 25. That means he died for us, but you know it wasn't just a natural death. Jesus had just a supernatural death, so he rose again. And since he has risen from the dead, he forever lives for us. So when I say he gave himself, I want you to know that not only did he die for us, he forever lives for us. That's how he's loving us. Number three, He's sanctifying us and cleansing us with the washing of water by the word of God. That's in verse 26. See, every time we teach the word of God like this, or you read it yourself at home, or you study it, something supernatural is happening to you. You are being washed by the water of the word. All of us have come to learn the importance of washing our hands in this coronavirus season. But there's something more powerful than the washing of hands to fend off a virus attack. The word of God can wash sin away from you, wash sickness away from you, wash poverty, inferiority complex, and deep things that water cannot wash. Jesus does that for us. That's how he loves us. Number four, I love this one. He's presenting us to himself as a glorious church or a glorious bride, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that will be holy and without blemish. Glory be to God. Holy and without blemish. Verse 27. You see that there. Number five, he loves us as he loves himself. That's in verse 28. Number six, he never hates us. I don't know whether you've done something wrong or you feel you have messed up or you've disappointed God or disappointed heaven. You need to understand that one way Jesus loves you, regardless of what you do, or what you don't do, he will never hate you. 
And the Bible says in verse 29 also, the seventh thing I want you to see here, he nourishes and cherishes us. Hallelujah. Seven ways we can see he loves us as his bride or as his wife. And notice that the only word that was used in that text wasn't just that we are the wife of Christ. Um, the Bible also uses the word bride deliberately. You know what that word tells me? It tells me that the honeymoon is still on. Hallelujah. We are presently still having our honeymoon with Jesus and it will be forever. The love is still fresh. It, doesn't, it hasn't become stale because um, we've been married for a while. Praise God. I'm sure most of us can remember the royal wedding that took place in the United Kingdom about is it a year or two ago about, um, between Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. And we were all awestruck and just taken to another world when that royal wedding was taking place and being broadcast all over the world. That is inferior to what we have in Christ. And I'm just thinking to myself, in this COVID-19 crisis, is Meghan Markle afraid of coronavirus? I mean, we had the report that Prince Charles contracted the virus. They were not afraid. They knew the medical system, which is inferior to what we have in Christ, can take care of this man. And it took care of him. Hallelujah. You need to know yourself. Glory be to God. You need to see yourself in the light of Christ. And then respond to life and respond to crisis as the bride of Christ. Someone that God loves. And someone that is in love with God. Hallelujah. I want to give you three signs to let you know whether you're actually walking in love or not. Walking in the love of God. And the first one is this, no fear. I mean, Megamakul is not afraid of this crisis. I've not spoken to her, but I know. The wealthiest people, so they, they are not really afraid of this thing. They know, one, they may not catch it most likely. Two, even if they catch it, they have medical things that can help them overcome it. No fear. If you are afraid of the virus, that I'm going to catch it one day, it's a deficiency of your love work. Or, watch this very carefully, you have caught it and you are afraid that you have caught it. It's still a, a failure of love work. First John 4.18, again, we quoted it last week. It bears repeating. There is no fear in the God kind of love. But perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. He who fears has not been made perfect in love. So that's the first sign. If we are walking in divine love, and what I want to teach you is how you can walk in it, you will not be afraid. Any trace of fear, oh, I'm going to lose my job, and you are being afraid, is because you've not perfected your love work. Or you have lost your job and you are afraid, it's because you've not perfected your love work. You must get to that point that even if your job is taken for you because God loves me, hallelujah, I'm going to be fine. He will take care of me. I'm his bride. We are still in our honeymoon. And think about life that way. First, or 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Hear what the word of God says. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That's who we are. Glory be to God. Look at the second quality or the second thing to know that you're walking in love. The qualities of love are on display in your life. Qualities of love. Second Corinthians chapter 13. And I want us to look at it in the Amplified Translation. The classic Amplified Translation is what I'm going to use. Second, I mean, sorry, First Corinthians chapter 13 from verse 4. Hallelujah. 
Somebody declare out loud right where you are, God loves me. God loves me. Meditate on it. Renew your mind with it. God is in love with me. I am his bride. Hallelujah. And we are on our honeymoon. Glory be to God. Charity or love suffers long. Watch the qualities of love. This is how you know that you are walking in love. If these qualities are on display in your life, you are walking in the love of God. Charity suffers long and is kind. Charity envies not. I'm going to take time to read this one. Charity vaunts not itself. It's not puffed up. Okay, I said I wanted to read Amplified. Sorry, I was reading King James. Bear with me for a second. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 13 from verse 4. Love endures long and is patient and kind. See, if you are someone that you are impatient, it's a sign that you're not working in love. And I'm going to tell you what you need to do. Love is never envious, nor boils over with jealousy. Love is not boastful or vainglorious. It does not display itself haughtily. Love is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. Love is not rude. It's not unmannerly. Does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, hallelujah, does not insist on its own right or its own way. It's not self-seeking. It's not touchy or fretful or resentful. Takes no account of evil done to it. Pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Verse 6, it does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness. There's a lot of anger being demonstrated in the world today because of injustice. The Bible says where there is love, <laughs> we will not rejoice at injustice. But it rejoices when right and truth prevail. Verse 7, I love it. Love bears up under everything and everything that comes. It's ever ready to believe the best of every person. When you are walking in love, these qualities will be on display in your life. Ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are faithless under all circumstances. Oh, there's a global pandemic. Oh, there's economic recession. Its hopes are faithless under all circumstances. It endures everything without weakening. And when all those qualities are in display, this is the ultimate result. Verse 8, love never fails. Glory, glory be to God. I remember just growing up as a believer and we were taught this text. And the instruction was very simple. Particularly this amplified translation. We didn't have electronic devices then. We'll write it out on a piece of paper. And then we'll read it to ourselves. I'm patient. I'm kind. I'm not envious. I believe the best of every person. And you start confessing it. You see, when you are not displaying those qualities, this is what to do to start working in it. And I will not forget, I said doing that. I mean, in those days, I would go to the office during break time. I would go to the restroom, stay in the restroom, maybe about 20 minutes, and I will bring out my first Corinthians 13 confession. And I will start quoting it and quoting it. That's how you learn to walk in it. One day, I will never forget this story. I was in a store, on a queue, trying to buy something. And several people were there, and people were complaining. And, and the attendant noticed that I didn't, I didn't say a word. I was not even conscious of it. When I got to the front of the counter, and I was the last person, or, well, not the last person, when it was my turn, she told me, she just said out of the blues, I was still single, a single man then. She said, sir, your wife is going to enjoy you very much. You are such a patient person. She said that to me. Um, 19 years have come and gone now. I think she's still enjoying me. Praise God. See, this is how you walk in it. You, you manifest the qualities. And if you want to learn how to to build the qualities in you. The Bible talks about love being the fruit of the Spirit. You begin to confess it and meditate on it and renew your mind with it. 
And like David, you show up in a time of crisis and you're just responding. You came to deliver lunch. I came to buy something on the queue and I was just patient. I didn't even have to calculate it. Glory be to God. The third one I want to show you, the, the third way to know you're walking in love is this. And I'm going to build on this from next week. There will be revelations of secrets given to you. Hallelujah. Look at me at Jude chapter 1. Jude chapter 1 from verse 20. But you beloved, and notice it calls us beloved, the loved of God, building up yourselves upon your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Notice it said in verse 21, keep yourselves in the love of God. It means walk in the love of God. And the way it tells us we do it is this, praying in the Holy Ghost. What does the Bible say happens when you pray in the Holy Ghost? 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. He that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. For no one understands him. How be it in the Spirit? He speaks mysteries or secrets. When you are kept in the love of God, and when you are walking in love of God, God will reveal secrets to you. Lovers share secrets. Hallelujah. I'm going to take it up from there next week. Praise God. So watch out for these three things in your life. Are revelations and secrets and mysteries being revealed to you from God? Jesus told Peter, flesh and blood does not reveal this thing to you, but my Father in heaven. Are you manifesting the qualities of love? And are you living without fear? That's how to know you're walking in love. Leave those sense with me this morning. Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks. Again, we appreciate you for your love for us. We thank you. We bless you. We praise you. I want you to just begin to magnify God and appreciate him for his love. See yourself as the bride of Christ, the beloved of God. God is in love with me. Hallelujah. And I am in love with him. Glory be to God. And nothing is greater than love. Love is supreme. Love reigns supreme. Come on, begin to thank him. Begin to bless him. Begin to appreciate him. Just for a few more seconds this morning. Thank you, Father, for your love for me, for your love for my loved ones. Thank you because you always love me. You are washing me with the washing of water by your word. You are presenting me spotless without wrinkle. Oh, you are my savior. You are my helper. You are my redeemer. We give you praise, Father. Oh, Shangataya la Barakata. In Jesus' mighty name, glory be to God. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234 810 0000640.